Isn't that great? That's half of our baptisms uh, today at 9 o'clock. And I love it. I feel like I take notes more during baptisms than I do even during people's preaching uh, because I love to see the themes that come out in the stories and the diversity of backgrounds and ages and genders and uh, church upbringings and levels of understanding around the gospel that bring folks to this convergence moment where they all are entering into the same water. We talked a few weeks ago from Ephesians chapter 4, where Paul says there's one faith, one baptism, one God and Father overall. And this is one of those moments where all the streams of our lives converge. All of us who know Christ have been baptized into Jesus uh, through affiliation with his death and resurrection. And hopefully all of us who know Jesus have been baptized in the waters of baptism. If you're new to church and you're wondering what baptism is, I know there's different types of churches with different streams of of baptism. Uh, Here at Three Crosses, kind of the flavor of church that we are, we believe that there are are two sacraments or two ordinances, two things that God commands every believer to take part in. One of them is what we're doing today is baptism. We believe that baptism is uh, almost like, uh, somebody said that, who said that up there? Someone said it's an outward expression. That was Wandy said, an outward expression of an inward reality. This is a sign, a seal, a, a, an image of what happened to us. If you're a believer, you believe that you died with Christ, you were buried with him, you were raised to new life by the power of his spirit. And in baptism, something that we do uh, once in our lives, it shows the world what happened to us when we were saved by Jesus Christ. It's one of these sacred moments where God meets with us in the waters of baptism. And the second sacrament that we believe in as a church is, is Holy Communion, where we gather together regularly. This is almost our covenant renewal ceremony where we remember often the words of Jesus on the night he was betrayed. We eat this bread, we drink this cup in remembrance of him. And there are beautiful things that we get to do. I, I, I love uh, folks mentioning it's great to be back together again because some of these things just we experience differently in community. Right? We've been doing communion at home for 10 months. It's different than doing communion in community with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We can baptize folks in their homes or in privacy. Of course we can do that. But there's something different about the way that God's grace works in a community as we're baptized in front of our church family. And it's almost like the grace that someone experienced splashes on us as we experience baptism with them. There are beautiful things that happen when we gather. God tells us in the Psalms that he inhabits the praises of his people. As we lift up his name, as we lift up Jesus in worship, he manifests his presence with us in some special way. As we open the word together, I love that Randy had us all stand on accident. I was thinking, man, it's reminding me of the book of Ezra when the people stand as the word is read because something sacred and beautiful happens when God's word is read over his people in community. And so for those of you who are here with us in person today, we all know it's a beautiful thing to be able to gather together with the Lord, with each other, and experience uh, the stories of transformation towards new life. We're going to open the scriptures together just for a few minutes today and then move back into some baptisms, but if you have your Bibles, you can open them to John chapter 1. I want to do two things today. I want to show us a theme that maybe you've never seen before in the book of John. We're going to spend the next seven weeks in this book, and so I thought I can give you some homework for those of you who want to do it. I'll give you a basic and advanced course. If you want the advanced homework course, this is for you guys, the advanced Bible students here. Uh, Two things. Number one, if you want the basic homework for this week, read John chapter 1 through the lens of seeing. 
illumination, eyes being opened, light coming into the darkness. And look at the theme of seeing in John chapter 1. The advanced version is to spend the next few weeks, read through the entire book of John with that same lens. Because this is something that the Apostle John, we'll talk about this next week a little bit, draws out so often that once you see it, you can never miss it again. This theme of a light bulb coming on, this theme of blind turning to sight, this theme of light piercing the darkness, of seeing it's everywhere. And the one thing that I want to prime you with as, as you begin that study this week is that when it comes to the Christian faith, Christianity is all about seeing Jesus. It's everywhere. From, from John chapter 1, verse 18, John says this, No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. John starts the first 18 verses of his book talking about how Jesus, the one who has been with the Father since the beginning, when he stepped foot onto our planet, he became a visible manifestation of the invisible God. We got to see God for the first time. And John kind of hits the flip side of this in 1 John when he says, the, the reason I want you to read this writing and take it to heart is because what I'm proclaiming with you to you is not just something that I've heard about, but this Jesus that I preach is someone that I've seen with my own eyes. I've reached out and touched him with my own hands. That's what I'm proclaiming to you concerning the word of life. The life appeared, and Jesus was made known to me and to us, and now I'm passing to you something that I didn't just think up, I didn't just hear about, but the Apostle John says, this Jesus that I'm proclaiming is someone that I've seen, and he is the visible image of the invisible God. John says in, in chapter 1 here, if you've opened it up to us, that when Jesus came, he was like the light that pierced the darkness, that we lived in this dark world without truth, without illumination, without hope, until Christ appeared, and the light that gives life to all mankind when Jesus stepped on this planet, came into the world. He uses the imagery of light and dark to say that Jesus is the one who illuminates. He's the one that turns on the light bulb of truth, of who God is, of what this world is all about. It's all about seeing Jesus. Well, the question I have for you today is, can you see it? You hear these people talking about how, how they came to know Jesus in premarital counseling, or they came to know Jesus uh, in a real way through a season of crisis, or how they've realized over the course of the events of their life that they're always going to follow Jesus. They've seen something. The light bulb has turned on. Something about the truth of who Christ is has pierced their hearts and opened their eyes to the reality of the resurrected Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins and raised to new life. They see him. They've seen it. Can you? I know in a, a church with a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of different church backgrounds, I know there's a, a whole spectrum of folks along this issue of seeing Jesus, right? There are people who are saying, like, when it comes to spiritual things, I'm still in the dark. Or maybe you're here, but you have no idea what we're talking about. Or you hear people talking about Jesus as if they know him, and you're thinking, okay, I feel like I'm in the dark to something that's been illuminated to these people. I just can't see what they see. Right, others, ones of you, as you see these baptisms and hear these stories, you think, yes, that's my story. 
I, I once was blind, but now I see. I once was in the dark, but now I've been illuminated. I can see Jesus everywhere. I feel like I live in this active relationship with him where everywhere I turn, I'm reminded of his presence with me. It's like we walk together through life in this beautiful, tangible way. I can see him in all things. And maybe that's you on the other side of that spectrum. And chances are you're probably somewhere in the middle, right, where Maybe you're not totally in the dark. You feel like you're not totally in the light. But through your relationship with Christ over the years, there's been ebbs and flows. There's been highs and lows of moments where you've caught glimpses of the truth of the gospel, glimpses of Jesus' reality in your world, glimpses of something beyond this world here. And you feel like the light bulb maybe is starting to turn on. And John says that Jesus is the light. He is the illuminating one. He is the light that brings life to all mankind. He is the one who illuminates the Father, who has been at the Father's side since the beginning of time. And as John, even John chapter 1 continues, this theme of seeing continues in the book. You maybe never seen this before, but John starts talking about this man named John the Baptist. He was the one who would baptize folks to prepare them to meet Jesus. Almost to say, hey, repent, turn your life around, get ready because the Messiah is coming and I don't want you to miss it. I want you to see him when he comes. And when John sees Jesus for the first time, John the Baptist, the first word out of John the Baptist's mouth in verse 36 is look, look. He says, look, the Lamb of God, look, see him, look. He tells his disciples, a few of his followers, this is the one that I've been telling you about. He says, I baptize with water, but he's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. He's going to do something to you that transforms you from the inside out. Look, you have to see him. And we get this idea that John's disciples don't completely get it at that moment, but they're in obedience to John the Baptist. They've heard him talking so much about this one who is to come that they they walk up to Jesus and approach him. And Jesus' first words in the book of John is, what do you want? So I love that. Imagine going to Jesus and he turns to you and says, what what do you want? What do you desire? What's the thing that you need? And these disciples of, of the apostle John say, teacher, rabbi, where are you staying? Where are you abiding? Kind of the implication. We just want to be near you because we, want to, we heard you're important. And Jesus responds to these disciples who are seeking him. He says, come and you will see. And this is why I gave you the homework to read the book of John through the lens of seeing and light and darkness because it's everywhere. There's this invitation that if you come to Jesus, follow Jesus, he's inviting you into a place where you might see the Father in a way you've never seen before. There's almost a promise here. Jesus says, come and you will see. It's almost like where God says, seek me and you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. If you come, if you follow me, if you listen to my voice and start walking towards me, your spiritual eyes will be opened and you will see Jesus for who he is. You'll see the gospel as a message of good news that brings life to anyone who believes. You'll hear this story of the death of Jesus, and you'll see for the first time that it pays for your sins. you hear the story about the resurrection of Jesus, and you'll see for the first time that the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives life to any who believe. Your eyes will be opened if you turn to Jesus, and you will maybe for the first time in your life, you will see. Over these next several weeks, we're going to follow this theme of seeing in the book of John in an effort for for wherever you're at, that your vision towards Christ would grow. 
Right? If you're someone who, who doesn't know Jesus or you're in the dark when it comes to spiritual things or you feel like, hey, I, I just can't see what you guys see, next week we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how God gives sight to folks and how you might receive spiritual sight for the first time from John chapter 3. If you're someone who knows Jesus, you can see him in that sense. We're going to spend the next following weeks talking about how to sharpen our focus, how to see him more clearly, how to not get caught up in the blinding power of religion, how to see Jesus and not the benefits of Jesus, how to fix our eyes, like the author of Hebrews says, on the author and perfecter of our faith, how to see him with everything that we're about. And we're going to move into some more baptisms. And as we do, I want you to pay attention to what God did in these lives to help folks to see Jesus, to help them to get to the moment where they understood his reality for the first time. Because we all have different pathways. We all have different stories. We all have different ways of getting there. Some of us get to the waters of baptism at age 89. Others of us get there at age 12. But the one thing we all have in common is that this baptism comes after a moment where the Spirit illuminates our lives and we can see the reality of who Jesus is and what the gospel means for the first time. I want to pray for us uh, along these lines, and I want to pray for the rest of our baptismal candidates, and then we'll see some more baptisms. Let's pray.